Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Clocked In with the Press, hosted at Altman Studios in Brentwood, California. We are here to spread some news, spill some tea, and make sure that you, our listeners, are both informed and entertained. Not everything stated in this podcast is supported by or reflects the beliefs of the press, so if you disagree with me, don't be afraid to tell me on Twitter or Instagram at PressClockedIn or on Facebook at ThePress.net. I am your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking in. So today, we are doing a special segment called Fifth Feature Friday, where every five episodes, I will feature a local business owner to interview and talk about their business. Today, we get to highlight the man and his business that makes all of this possible, Brian Altman, our sound technician and the owner of Altman Studios. Altman Studios is a sound studio here in Brentwood, California, and it is where we record every single one of our episodes and conduct all of our interviews. Without Brian and his expert knowledge, I definitely would not have been able to get this podcast in working order. Before we go into the interview, however, let's hear some top stories of the week. First up, the state has altered its coronavirus regulations once more. As COVID-19 cases and the Delta variant continues to proliferate across the state, the California Department of Public Health and Contra Costa County have issued new public health orders requiring school staff and first responders to show proof of full vaccination or to be tested for the virus at least once a week. The new policy for school staff took effect August 12th, and schools must be fully compliant by October 15th. The health order for first responders does not take effect until September 17th. These updated guidelines come in the wake of the relaxation of health orders in June and a 30% increase in confirmed new cases in Contra Costa County over the past two weeks. Next, the Oakley Union Elementary School District Board of Trustees has announced the selection of Jeffrey Palmquist as the district's new superintendent effective August 22nd. Palmquist is starting his 25th year of service in public education, beginning his career in the San Joaquin County Office of Education Court and Community School Program. He has previously served as a teacher, an assistant principal, a school principal, and an associate superintendent. Palmquist will succeed Greg Hetrick. Hetrick is retiring this month after five years as the district's superintendent and more than 30 years in education. For the next top story, Assemblymember Jim Frazier secured a $12 million allocation for efforts to rid the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta of abandoned boats for fiscal year 2021 to 2022. The allocation is specifically earmarked for the removal of abandoned and derelict commercial vehicles that litter the Delta. These vessels have the potential to leak any number of dangerous pollutants into the Delta, which is also the heart of the water supply for two-thirds of all Californians. While there are programs that fund the removal of recreational vessels, up until now there was no funding available for the removal of commercial vessels. The Division of Boating and Waterways offers recreational boaters several options once a boat has reached the end of its useful life. However, according to Thomas Colin of the Office of Spill Prevention and Response, issues with abandoned vessels is a problem across the state. Hopefully, in the addition of these new funds, it will further aid the cleanup efforts in the Delta. Last but not least, the city of Oakley is continuing its search for its next city manager. Former city manager Brian Montgomery stepped down in May in order to accept a similar position in Indio, California after 15 years serving the Oakley community. In order to identify the characteristics residents feel are most important in Montgomery's replacement, 
The city recently conducted a nine-question online survey for residents that was hosted on the city's websites. A city manager, for those who might not know, is a key part of local government. The role is to advise the city council on decisions while serving as the liaison between the city council and staff. A key part of that job is ensuring that the council's legislative agenda is implemented by a group of trained and professional staff. Overall, the city is still relatively early in the process. The recruitment brochure that would be seen by potential applicants still has yet to be created. The brochure will be created based on the results of the previously mentioned survey and will reflect the qualities the community feels are most important. Those were the top stories of the week. Let's get back to Fifth Feature Friday. Here to speak with me today is the owner of Altman Studios, Brian Altman. Hey, Brian. Hey. How long have you been working professionally with music production and audio in general? So I started taking clients in 2015, uh, but I've been involved with music and sound in one way or another since I picked up my first guitar in 1998. That's the year I was born, so you're kind of dated there. Uh, So what made you choose this career path? (laughs) Well, I was getting old. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, the thing is, I mean, that's actually kind of true. My heart just wouldn't let me do anything else. Mm. I was, I was, uh, I spent many years as an engineer at AT AT&T and then I have done some, uh, IT type work, software development. I was a project manager. I ended up being a business intelligence analyst, uh, working with spreadsheets and databases and stuff. And, uh, you know, that's not guitar. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was straight up dying inside. I have a musical impulse, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, they sounds and songs, they're just appearing in my mind all day and I can't just ignore it Mm -hmm. anymore. I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I, I worked towards building this career for many years before I finally went full time. Okay. And so when you kind of like decided to make that switch and start pursuing this career, was there ever, you know, a moment where you really questioned if this was the way, you know, where you're like, you're really deep into like the physical labor of it. And you're like, ah, maybe this ain't the right way. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, so anytime, anytime you do something really tough, Mm -hmm. I think that you're going to ask that question. And uh, yeah, this has been the toughest thing I've ever done. Right. (laughs) And Uh, so I do, you know, I question that regularly, you know, I've had to make a lot of sacrifices and it's, it's been tough, very tough emotionally. Uh, it's been tough on my relationships. It's been tough on everything, you know, because it's, it's me, the business is me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when you're doing everything yourself and you're trying to figure it out as you go and it's a very difficult business, music in general, yeah. Yeah. What am I thinking? I'm like, (laughs) am I just a crazy person or what? But I'm still here, and uh, and and I love what I do. Ultimately, mm-hmm. the answer to that question is always yes. I made the right decision. Right. So, like, since the business is like just you, like, do you think you're going to get employees eventually? Or I've had a couple of assistants mm-hmm. in the past, and unfortunately, um, they just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I would love to have employees. It, they have to do kind of non-operational type work. Mm-hmm. Um, because the product is me. It's what I do, right. what I create, what comes out of my mind. And I've tried to create some programs that where I could redesign the way mm. that my business works so that I can sort of scale it and, you know, do more, take in more volume. But the thing is, is it, it, it still comes back to me. 
right. what I do and my my creative input. So it's really like subjective. Yes, it is. I mean, it, it, my clients trust me. Right. You know, if I hand them off to somebody else, well, now I'm asking them to trust somebody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yes, I do want to hire employees, but ultimately it's going to have to be just to free me up to be creative and they can handle mm-hmm. some of the administrative stuff right. or, or all of it. I, I wouldn't mind. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I know you said you started taking clients in 2015, but you only came to Brentwood like this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, before you came to Brentwood, where did you have your business set up? It was in my house, actually. So I, <laughs> I started uh, my home studio, went through many phases uh, many rebuilds. I eventually had a three-room studio. I, I'd converted two rooms to the studio. One was a live room. One was a control room. Mm. And then inside the control room, I built a another room in the room that was an isolation booth. And so I had it was a three-room studio. I can't believe how much stuff I crammed into that those three <laughs> rooms. But I made it work. It was too small though. Very limiting. Didn't like uh, bringing strangers to the house where my kids slept mm. and having random people use their bathroom. You know, I just right. couldn't do it anymore. I needed – it was always – it always needed to get out. Yeah, it was kind of like doing that thing where a lot of people complain about working from home that you're merging the professional space and the personal space in like that really awkward way. There's that too. Uh, I, I was working from home for years before – I switched over to a studio, so I had, so actually not working from home right now is very weird. <laughs> You're like, oh man, like what's this? Like, well, how space? do people do this? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is nice to separate the work and home sit- uh, uh, space because mm-hmm. when I was at home, I was always at work. When I was work, I was always at home, mm. and the two can just cross over so easily. Right. Yeah, that kind of like time blends blends together, I guess. Requires um, lots of discipline. Yeah. So um, what were some of your motivations in moving your business to like Brentwood or the Bay Area specifically? Yeah. Uh, and mainly it's it's for my family, for mm-hmm. my kids. Uh, my kids were born in Oakley. Uh, well, they were born in Walnut Creek, but we, they grew up here in Oakley. <laughs> I was born in Walnut Creek. <laughs> my kids were born in the exact same room. It was such a weird coincidence. Twins? No, they're not. They're oh. two year, almost three <laughs> years apart, but they just happened to put us in the exact same room. Very interesting coincidence. Anyways, so, <laughs> <laughs> so they've grown up here in Oakley. They're, all the family is here, um, and I don't want to displace them. From mm. that, I don't want to put strain on you know my ability to spend time with them either. So ultimately, that's the main reason why I stayed out here. Uh, but there's some benefits to being here beyond just you know spending more time with my family. Mm-hmm. There are no commercial recording spaces here. Not really. Brentwood. No. <laughs> they're they're all you know more towards the Oakland area, San Francisco, San Jose, mm-hmm. those larger uh, populated areas. So. Um, it's, it's a void. Mm-hmm. It's a void that could be filled here in Brentwood. So I'm on top of that, I'm happy to fill the void. <laughs> yeah, no, we're happy you filled that void too. Uh, cause if not, we just kind of have me with like a really cheap $50 mic and some random conference room recording things. I, so, <laughs> I know you could have figured it out. I could have figured it out. <laughs> Balling on a budget. That's my motto. <laughs> um, but anyways, so, um, what were some of like the biggest challenges that you think that you faced while you were building your business and the studio here in Brentwood? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the challenges continue, of course, and uh, but and the biggest challenge is always the human element. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's working with people, finding dependable people, and any business owner or manager will attest to this, that the hardest thing about accomplishing anything and building a team is finding the right people to fill out, round out the space in that team. Mm-hmm. Working on it, you know. Right. I do, I'm very lucky to have some people around me right now that are, have, I wouldn't be where I'm at without them. You know, but I've also gone through some people that have been very difficult, and that is the hardest thing because I I love people, mm-hmm. and uh, having having <laughs> having problems with people is very difficult for right. me. <laughs> I don't like it. You know, no. I just want to get along <laughs> with everybody. You know, and so that leads to the second bi- biggest challenge, which is uh, workload management. Basically, um, as the only person doing anything around here right now. Um, aside from some smaller tasks here and there, mm-hmm. there's just a lot to keep keep up with here. 1,200 square foot space, all kinds of uh, projects going on, lots of different types of work that I do. It's just a lot to keep track of. It's been difficult to put my arms around the whole workload since I finished construction, or at least phase one of construction. But, mm-hmm. you know... That's uh, that's the challenge of building a business. It is what it is. Yeah, you know? especially a business that's based on you and it, your creative subjectivity and everything as well. It's a lot of work. It is what it is. But it you is know, what uh, it is. <laughs> you continue to work through it. You you push through challenges. You continue to push yourself to be better than than you thought you could be. To do more every day, and uh, and that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I hear that. So, um, you know, we've personally talked a lot about all the physical labor you kind of put into remodeling the studio and making it look exactly the way you need and how you want it to be. So in total, how much time physically do you think that you put into reconstructing the space? I I haven't sat down and calculated the hours. (laughs) Uh, And I don't want to. (laughs) But I, I can say that I spent four months... Uh, we started on January 2nd. Mm-hmm. That was when we started uh, demoing everything that we wanted to take out of here before we started you know, doing the remodel. And uh, I think I started taking clients on April 17th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, about four and a half months of just hardcore, nonstop construction. It was a lot of work. Um uh, so that was phase one. Phase two is still in progress. Right. How still... many how many phases are there in total? Like, is it we're looking like MCU or? <laughs> you know, it is. <laughs> uh, it, it the first phase is is was the the big one, the Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> this we're this now this phase that I'm in. It's kind of like polishing things off. I just needed a minimum viable product to be able to open. That's what phase one was. Okay. okay. And then phase two is about polishing everything, getting everything exactly the way I want it. There's mm-hmm. you know some detail work that's I you know like I want to build a lounge seating area here where we're sitting right now. Right. Uh, it it needs to be a custom couch that fits into this space. I'm not going to pay ten, fifteen thousand dollars to have somebody do this for me, so I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, it's the handyman. Take, <laughs> it's going to take. It's going to take a little bit of work. So phase two is going to go on for a little bit, and then it sort of blends with if, if we're calling it phase one, two, and three. Phase three is essentially it never stops. Mm-hmm. You know, as a business owner and and having had a studio for many years now, I can attest that it never stops. You're always improving something. Always right. trying to make something better. You want to make your clients more comfortable. You want to have better equipment. 
you want to have be more efficient, so you set things up in a different way to make things more efficient. It, it just never stops. Mm, okay. Um, and so kind of with that, I guess, is what are some of like the specific services that, you know, you and Altman Studios can provide for people who want to work with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so primarily, uh, I work on composition and arrangements. Uh, if you have a song idea or a beat that you want fleshed out, developed into something that sounds more polished and radio quality, that's what I do best. That's what I enjoy the most. I love to write. started on guitar, but I graduated to everything, and I just love to put full compositions together. Uh, but in addition to that, the studio is obviously equipped to record full bands, independent artists, rappers, and so we do a lot of production here. Um, and we also do mixing and mastering. Uh, I take on live sound projects. Um, I obviously also work as a session guitarist and bassist. I do a lot of different mm-hmm. types of things. Uh, I, I like to work with a lot of different types of people on different types of projects. I, I get bored. <laughs> I <laughs> like, like to do I different things. Add something new there. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I do. I just get bored. I want to have, I want to do a lot of different things. It's fun for me. Right. So how many, or like, not how many, I guess, but like, what are some of the current projects that you're working on? So, um, the biggest one that I've been, that I have going is for a progressive rock metal project called Mm -hmm. Curtail the Noise. Interesting. Uh, I was hired initially to write bass and play bass for this project. Uh, but eventually I started writing some drums for the project and, uh, we're also going to be, uh, doing a lot of the production for it here, the, the debut album. And I'll be doing the editing, mixing, and mastering. Very excited about this project. It's been something that we've been developing for the last couple of years, and we're finally mm-hmm. getting to the point where we're going to be recording it. And I'm just—I couldn't be more excited. It's—it is cool, very cool. <laughs> it and, is cool. So you're kind of like a, your own like one man band. It sounds like I can I can't play it all at the same time but I can write it <laughs> you can write it and record <laughs> and, it separately and record it all separately and if I can't play it personally I know somebody who can <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, so how many how many instruments can can you play um I would say so I'm I'm proficient on guitar and bass I can play I'm I'm really good at those instruments mm-hmm. I can sit down and learn a drum a song on drums but I could not go over there and play one for you right now mm-hmm. but if you give me a couple of hours I'll be able to play something of, you know, fair difficulty. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's kind of the same thing for the keyboards. I don't, I don't sit down and practice piano enough to like have a repertoire of songs, Right. but you give me something you need me to play. I can figure it out and I'll, I'll learn how to play it. Got it. I can't play the saxophone or woodwinds or any brass (laughs) instruments. I cannot do it. I can't get the air to go out the way I want it to. It is what it is. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, how many projects in total do you think you're operating right now? Uh, I'm working with 11 different artists right now uh, it, with projects in progress. Okay. Um, there are other projects that are on, are pending. Mm-hmm. They'll be coming up soon. Um, and then there's some other projects that I think – you know, some uh, people that I've worked with in the past who will be coming back once their past releases are, you know, mm-hmm. start to age a little bit and they've got some uh, new material to come in and record. Okay. Um, so what would you say are some of your long-term goals for Altman Studios? Uh, long-term, I want to be more involved with the community. And uh, this is going to require a lot more uh, spare time. I've got to get out of the 
the building phase mm-hmm. to be able like the, you know, the heavily building phase and right. the organizational phase before I can start to take on some of these other, you know, side projects. Mm-hmm. But I would love to be more involved with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a difficult youth, uh, but I was fortunate to have some really great positive influ- influences uh, that pointed me in the right direction. So I know how powerful that can be. Um, and I want to pay that forward mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just create some sort of program. I don't want to get into details cause I do have some ideas, but I don't mm-hmm. want to put that don't out. Don't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, things can change. Right. So, um, but I, I do want to develop a program where the kids have an outlet, younger people have an outlet to create music, learn how to create music, learn how the, uh, the music production and release process works and mm-hmm. just just give uh, give our youth an outlet mm-hmm. if this is something that they're interested in that they want to follow through on with their life uh, this is a positive thing that they can right. do like a chance for like experience but also just enjoyment in like music and production and things like that you know music is it, it's um, it speaks to the heart it has a power that nothing nothing can replace the power that music has to mm-hmm. change a life and um it's it's cathartic it allows people to to grow mm-hmm. and move forward and to express what can't be expressed normally right. without music and that's that's so powerful not only for you know our young people but for everybody and so you know, um, I don't know. I just want to get more music out there. I want to give people opportunities and, um, I want to, I want to be a good influence in the community. And that seems like a great way to do it. Yeah. It does sound like a great way to do it. And so if a local artist or a creator wishes to contact you for business, what do you, what would you say is the best way for them to kind of reach out? Uh, the contact page on my website. And by the way, my website's a work in progress. So if you go on there, there's not a lot of information, but you can find a contact page. Fill out the contact form and send that over to me. That gets me the information I need for us to start a conversation and talk through your project, your idea, and see what we can do together. Right. Awesome. And so do you have any advice for young artists or even just entrepreneurs in general who are starting their own businesses and services? I say work on yourself, uh, get organized, get your finances in order, you know, handle yourself with poise and dignity, educate, uh, develop self-discipline. These are all prerequisites to success and you can have talent, you can have ambition, but if you don't have these fundamentals, you cannot be successful because you can't, you, you cannot understand mm-hmm. how busy and how demanding mm. taking on a creative entrepreneurship or a creative, you know, business can be very difficult. You right. have to have these fundamentals in place in order to operate effectively. Right. So you got to like live by your Google calendar. <laughs> it's it's not very um, Gary V or, you mm-hmm. know, it's not super like <laughs> inspirational. It's very practical, but it's real. Mm-hmm. You have to get your, 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 your personal, emotional life, your organized, mm-hmm. everything organized. You, otherwise you cannot be effective. Right. 
Yeah, I actually had to do that in college where, because I was working two jobs, I was an officer in three clubs, I was captain of the debate team, and I had school, and I would like plan nap time. Like in my Google calendar, it would say, all right, 3 to 3.30, nap time, and then I would just get home, take a nap, and then go to class right after. (laughs) And it's one thing to put that on the calendar and say, this is what I'm going to do. It's another thing to follow through on those plans. Right. Where you instead of because you've got control over what you're going to do, just because it says something on the calendar doesn't mean you're going to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Three to three thirty could have been video games. Yeah. Or a third cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But if you actually follow through on those plans, that discipline. So powerful. You Mm -hmm. can accomplish so much with discipline. Yeah, absolutely. I think discipline is definitely important. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for doing this interview with me, Brian. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for, uh, having me here, uh, at my studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming out. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Didn't have to walk very far. I walked from right over there to over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'll see you next week. I go oh, tomorrow. Actually. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was great, Caitlin. Thanks yes. so much for, um, for having a segment that features uh, my humble business. Absolutely. Thank you for making all of this possible. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been it fun. Been. You guys it are doing a great been. job. Thank you for tuning in to our fifth Feature Friday, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Have you started a business in the middle of COVID? What have been some challenges for you, either as a business owner or as a consumer? Let us know your thoughts on our Twitter or Instagram at PressClockedIn or on Facebook at ThePress.net. You can also subscribe to our newspaper at www.thepress.net. In the same way that Brian has his unique story, there are a million others that still need to be told and I'm going to cover them one episode at a time. This is your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking out.